Hello and welcome. I'm Marquette and you're listening to Mind Body Dallas. I am so excited to have Samantha Nicole on the show today. Samantha Nicole is a fitness coach encouraging and empowering attractive female leaders around the globe to bring health to the forefront of their routine. Her education and inspiration brings powerhouse women back to themselves and shows them how to amplify their aura to be seen, heard, and feel capable of giving back more to support and love the people that follow them. Samantha, welcome to the show. Oh my God, Marquette, that intro was amazing. appreciate that. Oh, you're amazing. Easy to give a great intro for a great person. I just <laughs> love having you on the show. Thanks for being here. Oh, absolutely. Thank you. So, okay. Tell us a little bit about Active Attractive. And um, before though, before we get into Active Attractive, I want to get into what even brought you into fitness and then as you tell us that, tell us a little bit about Active Attractive, and then I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I always feel like my intro to fitness is pretty unique, um, just because I think a lot of people, when they look at me, they assume that I you know, did sports or something like that. I get all the time the question, hey, did you play track? And I was like, um, or did you play a sport? And I was like, no, I uh, played the viola, though. Like, I... <laughs> Fitness was never something that I grew up with. The most I did as a child was do uh, Sweat into the Oldies with Richard Richard Simmons with my mom in the living room on VHS. And so fitness for me was never something that was ever on my radar. I was a very active child, but I went to school uh, at Texas A&M University for engineering. And as I was there for the first year and a half in that on that side of the campus, I mean, I came to find out those aren't necessarily my type of people. They're not very social. And the the material, I was really good at math and science, but the the nature of doing that all day, every day was just so draining. And so my mom, who works at a hospital, she was like, hey, have you ever heard of physical therapy? And because I didn't play sports, I had no idea what that was, but I ended up trusting her and decided to switch over to kinesiology. And with that, that's where everything began. I um, got obsessed with how the body works. I got to sit in, I was like at the front of every class because I was so fascinated. I got blessed with teachers who were really great at storytelling and really showcasing the science in a way that was digestible. And um, when I learned how the body worked, that's what threw me. And I kept discovering more and more and more about how diabetes happens in in folks and how exercise influences a, a more healthy heart. And that information spoke to the science and math side of me, but it also spoke to the persona, the personality side of me. And one of the the students that I met in my class, who's still a very, very, very dear friend of mine, she um, asked me, hey, you know, I just got finished with my first year of fitness instructing at the student rec center. Do you want to try out? Auditions are coming in soon. And I was like, well, you know what? Why not? So I spent years teaching group exercise, yoga, Zumba, strength training, bar. I mean, everything you could possibly think of. I was in that and that was my lifestyle. And it went from 
group exercise to the research laboratories on the academic side. I decided to go into grad school and get my exercise physiology degree there. That led to me doing undergraduate TA teaching. And so, I mean, I saw fitness from every single angle and all I wanted to do was tell people how incredible the body was. (laughs) So from there, I mean, it, it was just purely intellectually based inspiration Yes, inside of Group X, I was teaching and moving myself, but being the teacher, what I quickly learned was that you don't really have the time to develop your own relationship with fitness if you don't really take the time for it. And I got lucky that with that many teaching, I mean, I taught 12 classes a week. And as you know, Marquette, that's a lot, a lot of movement, a lot of exercise, right? Oh, yes. I never had to figure out how to motivate myself. So when I graduated from college, I ended up going into this really well-known gym, um, high, high profile people, uh, very, very well paid, like one of the best pays for trainers. And I started training a bunch of affluent individuals and it led me to not only have to become more self-motivated because I was a trainer instead of a group exercise instructor, but I also got to see, you know, how do I motivate people one-on-one? So that conversation led me to not only starting my own business inside of this gym, becoming an entrepreneur, having to take care of myself and cater to my clients just to keep, you know, the income flowing for me and produce good results for them. But I also got to watch these very, very well-off people still have insecurities in their physique. So they would sit down in front of me and would say, hey, you know, I, I really want to get my body strong. I want to look sexy. I want to be more healthy. I want to do all of these things, but I don't lack the ambition. And I'm looking at them like, you make millions of dollars. You can't tell me that you don't have ambition. Like, what is the incongruence here? Yes. I ended up realizing we might have skill sets that we're looking for in one area of our lives, but we have difficulty transferring that into other areas of our lives. And so as I was watching all of these very um, self-motivated people say that they didn't feel confident and that they didn't feel strong, I got to recognize that, wow, I have the opportunity as a coach to use exercise as a means to encourage very high performance people. I get to help them facilitate themselves even more. So although we have financial success, impact success, relational success, when we don't have success in our bodies, it's very difficult for us to go the mile. It's like all parts of us have to elevate and evolve if we want to continuously grow. And so inside of our exercise sessions and encouraging them to eat healthy outside, I got to realize, wow, these people are sitting down in their in my chair to say, hey, I want to become more physically attractive. And by the end of our session and sessions and our time together, they would walk out of the door always feeling more energetically attractive, more, more confident, more stable within themselves, more sturdy to be who they are. And I was like, wow, when you are active, you become energetically attractive. And that's really Mm -hmm. why we're all desiring this new body. We're all desiring this new physique. And so that's really where my brand came from. Because I also experienced within myself as a coach and as an entrepreneur, I have to figure out how to motivate myself to become somebody who prioritizes myself as a woman and as a leader, 
but also do that so that I feel so fulfilled that it spills over onto my clients and they stay motivated and that flow continues to happen. So that's where active and attractive came from. But it was just this, this, the stage that I could have never predicted myself to be on. And I love every bit of it. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, and you're so, so good at it because you're passionate. You're so um, honest with everything you do. And I feel like it's easy to trust you and so easy to um, be motivated by you because you're just truly inspiring. You are active and attractive. Ah. I just love that. And so thank you for being (laughs) you. And um, tell us just a little bit more about that word attractive. Many of my listeners have heard lots of um, my meditations and also my breakdowns on some of the books that I've shared, the book summaries I've done and the, the laws of the universe, including the law of attraction. But for any new listeners that we might have, um, and thank you. Hello, new listeners. If there are, any, um, would you break down just this, the, the law of attraction or this idea of attraction manifestation, anything like you break it down, how Absolutely. you'd like to break it down? Absolutely. Um, you know, when I first put this word in my brand, I was like, is that a little too vain? Is it a little too, you know, like I was so nervous about the word, but something spoke to me in my spirit and said, you know what, you need to reclaim this word for women. Mm. You need to reclaim it. Yes. Amen. How we see it is what it gets to be for us. And there is so much talk about the law of attraction. I remember it was around 2000. 14, 2016, where I finally read the the movie, The Secret came out. And I, I was just really obsessed with it after that, because, you know, being on my own, trying to make my own finances work and support myself outside of college, I was looking into all kinds of means on how to emotionally support myself. So the law of attraction is a big deal to me for a very long time. And it's still a very trending topic um, in terms of you get to create your own reality. And so for me, when I would recognize, you know, not only did I personally not have a good relationship with feeling attractive for myself, I got to develop a healthier relationship with the word by watching my clients because every single one of them would have some level of, I want to have. Like when they would start, they would say, I want to be hot. Some of them had husbands that had wandering eyes. They want to get their bodies back for this reason. Some people wanted to feel so good in their clothes that they got their promotion. And so it was almost like they were taking their physique to try to reach a specific outcome and the next level of what they thought was possible for them. And it always felt like this gripping I'm not doing it for me. I'm, I'm doing it to them kind of thing. And I was like, something doesn't feel right about that. But, you know, in that season, I was like, okay, it is what it is. Let me get, let me help them out. <laughs> and over years and years, I started realizing even if they did get the promotion with the new body in the new suit, right? Right. It wasn't because they lost 20 pounds. The woman I was speaking to was a different woman. It was a woman who was actually confident was actually confident in herself. She saw herself differently. And I was like, well, what, why, why is, where does the confidence come from? What I realized was that the attractiveness was that she became somebody who knew how to get herself to the gym every day, even if it was just to meet me. She learned to become the woman that could trust herself to get there. 
She learned to become the woman that can say no to the, the, to the foods that don't serve her. She became the woman that said, you know what, I'm doing this for me and not for them. And that level of confidence, self-trust, emotional stability, this internal intrinsic motivation was something that is what I realized we're all looking for when we say we want a certain attractive body. I love it. That attractive was more of an energetic thing. And when I put those two together, realizing this whole energetic talk about the secret and the law of attraction is really just the stewardship of our internal experience with self. I was like, oh, that's what magnetism is. Mm. That's what attractiveness is. Because now these women aren't chasing after their lives or allowing their life to come to them. So attractiveness means to me really discovering what is our self-worth, what is our self-perception, and how much do we trust ourselves and feel safe with ourselves to allow life to come to us. Neurologically and physiologically, that is such a safe feeling in our body. And one of the things that I love teaching on is the fact that, you know, when we're uneasy emotionally, especially as women, because we have hormonal fluctuations that really do a lot of, a lot of damage, that is ultimately what creates disease in the body. And so that uneasiness and, and recognizing my goal is to neutralize that and get that out of me so that I can really be that attractive magnetic woman, energetically, life will come to me physically, I'll, I'll give off this energy that I really want to give. And all of that together equals attractiveness. I love it. Hit the nail on the head. (laughs) (laughs) I just love that. It speaks to so many. It speaks to me and I know it will speak to so many. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty phenomenal what you're doing out in the world right now. And it's pretty phenomenal that you are teaching, so many women that we are not just these physical bodies. We're so much more than this. And, um, I, I guess, is there anything else like hmm, on attractiveness, like Mm -hmm. in a spiritual way, is there anything you'd like to say, not just, okay, you already broke down. What is attractiveness? What is attraction? What brought you into this spiritual realm besides just, yes, the secret, but seeing it morph, like, have you had any spiritual ahas either in your business or for yourself that you'd like to share? (laughs) I mean, tell me a little bit more about this spiritual kind of spiritual fitness. (laughs) Oh my gosh, Marquette, that's a whole can of worms right (laughs) right here. But this is my, this is my favorite part and where I realized, you know, our physical experience um, in our body correlates to how how we act and how we see ourselves. So when I was a kid, I really developed a a natural affinity towards overperformance. I felt like I was able to receive praise and love by doing as much as I possibly could, because if I could please you, then I would receive affection. So overperformance became my MO and also being in the school system that we currently have, um, I remember in, in sixth grade, we were looking at going into junior high, which is a, the different schools, so seventh grade, and they would come and they would talk to us about extracurricular activities. Now, I'm naturally curious. Like I said, I'm a science girl, so I just love seeing the insides of every type of conversation. I want to see how it works and comes together. And I remember they laid out all these different options of extracurriculars we could p- pick up when we go to junior high. And I was like, oh, I want to do this and I want to do this and I want to do this and I want, but 
the pretense that I didn't realize I was getting myself into by naturally being a curious person, when you commit to all of those different things, you really have to perform because every every class had required a grade. You had to make sure I couldn't just be a B student or a C student. My mind was set on being an A student. So not only did I start picking up a bunch of things out of curiosity, my curiosity got linked to high performance. So that high performance nature is something that lasted from that moment all the way through to high school. So then I could qualify in high school and go to college. I was an orchestra yearbook, yearbook photo editor, student council secretary. Um, I was in National Honor Society. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Wow. I was in everything you could think of. And everyone would look at me and say, how do you do all of this? And I'm like, I don't know. I just do it. But the problem was, is that I developed a relationship with not only doing, but doing things that other people wanted. And each of those clubs and each of those organizations, I was at the will of whatever the, the mission was for that club. And that's fine. But I never got to listen to my own intrinsic voice. I never got to hear what it is that Sammy wanted. What did Sammy want to do? What were her passions? What were her creativities? What are, what are the things that she would want to put on this earth? And so through high school, I did that to qualify for college. And then through college, I did that to qualify for grad school. And then grad school, I did that to qualify for my next job. And then every single time I would have an endeavor, I would think, okay, I need to go to the top and then stay at the top, which is a lot of performance. So around July of last year, so a little over a year ago, I had been, I mean, for years prior, my body had been crying out for rest, crying out for rest. And I didn't know how to do it because for 20 plus years, I had been just going on, on nine, like <laughs> just mm. constantly hustling and making things happen. My money was tied to my performance. My survival was tied to my performance. And um, by this point I was married and my husband just finally cracked me, said, I'm going to get you a hormone panel because there are a few signs that maybe things weren't going well with my body. And um, I got the hormone panel back and my adrenals so low. My um, progesterone, which is a really important hormone for fertility. And like I said, I was just recently married. So family was on the tip of, is, was on the tip of my mind. Um, my progesterone, which is that nurturing hormone to kind of keep the baby cozy and safe inside of the womb. That was supposed to be in the 400s. Mine was at a two. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, and at the same time, all of this is happening. My body is just like exhausted. So that was a big wake up call for me. And it set me on this path of understanding why am I outside of myself? Why am I outside of what I'm, I'm, I'm doing, but nothing's really giving me this return. I feel like if I keep on this path, I'm going to keep chasing and chasing and chasing, but never reach the end. I'm 30. I was 32 at the time. Like, when does this end? And I recognize it won't end unless I end it. So when I got that hormone panel, what I'm fortunate to say is that in that sp position, it wasn't a deadly diagnosis, but it was still something that gave me a flag to say, you know what, if you keep down this path, this might really hurt you. Yes. So I went into a really, really big season of rest, 
hardest thing I ever had to do. I literally remember my husband sitting on top of me, holding me down because I was trying to get up from a nap. And he was like, stay down, like just rest. And I was like, wait, I need to do, I need to. And he was having to hold me down. And we were laughing, but it was just like, my body does not want to do this. And in that time, I had a girlfriend ask me, she was reading a, a book on branding and she said, you know, if you got to tr- choose your own style of branding, what would you, what would it be? Now I already had my business at this point for a really long time, but the question was in branding, you get to decide how people see you. That's all branding is, is how do you want other people to see you? So I took that question on during this rest season and I realized I could not pull an answer that wasn't trending in most of the coaches or the industry that I was watching. I was like, oh, I want to be, you know, this warrior, this warrior person, you know, and I was like, wait, that sounds exhausting. That's not good. I can't keep that up. All right. What other words? Oh, I got to be the sexy, you know, goddess. And I was like, I mean, yeah, I have that in me, but all day, every day that doesn't feel like me. Marquette, it took me days to find even just a few words that matched me. And what I discovered were the words that truly matched me were not glamorous words. I had to sit back and think, who am I when no one's watching? Like before I have to hit my to-do list, before someone walks in the room, who am I before anything happens? And I realized my words were rested intentional, thoughtful, and magnetizing. I actually put magnetizing in there. My words were very slow and pulled back because what I realized, if you came over to my apartment and you said, hey, Sammy, what do you want to do today? I'd be like, hey, come over here, sit on the couch. Like, let's just hang out and chat. I'm not really a super overly energy expending person, although that's how I've been living most of my life. And I was like, I think the reason life is not coming to me the way I want it to keep working for all of this money, but it's still hard to come by. It's because I'm not living and existing in my natural essence. I move slow and I love moving slow. I'd rather go slow with intentionality than fast with many directions. Absolutely. And what happened after that, my body started healing. My my, the ideas for the next step in my business started flooding to me. My income started increasing. My client retention started going up. My direction and my brand started becoming more potent and more powerful. And I realized, oh my God, I've been living outside of my core nature. Therefore, I haven't been attracting the lifestyle that I secretly want. My overperformance isn't my nature. Although I can perform at high levels, that's not, that's not me. And what it made me realize was that everybody has their own natural core, their own natural way of living. But most of us are living outside of that. And I was, I saw it as like a circle around us. If we all had a circle, we'd have five words, five core words that no matter where we are, what we're doing, how we're doing it, these are the five words that would define us. And if we operated within those five words, life would literally come right into our hands, no problems all health, all joy, all, all fullness. And since then it has been my mission. I call it the attractive core. It's actually a concept I ended up making up um, the attractive core where I have women walk through a process where they define their five words, their five core words that 
allow life to really come for them and everybody's so different, but it becomes a filter of what we should and should not allow ourselves to operate within. And so my journey of spirituality around attractiveness was what is my center identity and how closely am I operating my life from that place? Oh, wow. That is huge. So powerful. So pivotal for you and for anyone listening, anyone who could possibly do that, find those five words and really start functioning around the core. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You know what I mean? I mean, oh gosh. Now tell me what in this season of rest compared to in your season of overperformance, what is your like fitness routine? I know you're fit, physically fit and spiritually fit, but what are maybe a few of your favorite daily routines, like your must do's that you probably had to do then? How does that differ from now? Like, what are your, some of your, would you mind sharing a few of your daily routines that are just must do's? Yes. Yes. So, um, my big thing fitness wise is it was in that rest season. I call it incubation season, by the way. Oh, I <laughs> love I, that. I was TV. like, I think I'm returning back to the womb and I'm just curling up all day, every day. It's so uncomfortable, but I'm like trying to rebirth myself, right? Yes, and start absolutely. Over. And um, so in that time I had done the most with exercise and it was around, it was during COVID. So I wasn't doing as much fitness wise as I had in the seasons prior when I was working at the gym. But at the gym, I mean, if I wasn't on the monkey bars, I was swinging a kettlebell. And if I wasn't swinging a kettlebell, I was sprinting on the treadmill. And if I wasn't doing that, I was doing the row machine. And if I was blah, blah, blah. So, if, I mean, if you can imagine, I was just like, bing, bong, bing, bong, bong, all over the gym, <laughs> doing every day, like all the time. And, oh, and I would always have burnout. So I would operate like that for a week and a half. And then that final, that ninth day, I'd be like, I'm done. And so it would be like two or three weeks of hardly anything at all. So as you can imagine, that's how most of us end up trying to do fitness. It's just not sustainable. So when I hit incubation season, I was like, oh my God, my doctor, the neuropathic or naturopathic I was with at the time she was saying, Hey, you know, you basically need to do just yoga or walking. And I was like, honey, boo boo, that's just not going to work for me. (laughs) at that point, I was so, so spent on my whole life that I was like, you know what, let me listen to her. But I'm a trainer. I love I know this stuff. Like, let me find she's basically telling me don't jack up my hormones to a high degree. So let me just find a variation that's slow, easy integration of the basics and build from there. And it's literally what I did. So um, the the program that I have right now called the Active and Attractive Collective is actually my series of workouts that help me that I literally use to build up from that place to, to not have huge hormonal disruptions, but also to build some consistency and some stability. And instead of doing trying to hit five days a week of strength training and all these heavy high hit interval programs. What I was, what I do now, and I still do now, this is like I said, a year and a half ago, three days a week, about 30, 30 minute workouts, very focused, very intentional. Um, I might have seasons where I do running, but it's just not super, it's not super on my radar right now. Um, And lots of mobility, lots of corrective work. Um, 
honestly, just to keep all of my joints in a place of movement, I, I, I figured out how to get my body at a nice, tight and right kind of feeling without doing all of the excess movement. And with that patterning, it's like, I don't have to do more. Why, if, if five or six exercises cover it, why do I think that I need to spend an hour, hour and a half in the gym doing the most? And I linked that to, I always tell my clients, exercise shows, showcases your relationship with execution. And so if I'm intentional about what exercises I'm choosing, I can get a lot more done in less amount of time rather than running around the gym for an hour and a half. That has taught me so much about now how I run my business. And so it's funny, my fitness routine really isn't that flashy. It's not, it's not a really big thing to talk about necessarily. It's more in the simplicity where the value lies. And so that's pretty much my non-negotiables three days a week, three. I, I, oh, I also forgot I walk every day. So I love walking 45 minutes every single day. And that's helped me keep my body weight at the same pace alongside the the 30 minute exercises and then all the corrective and mobility work. Those are the top three, I would say. Wow. Yeah. It sounds phenomenal to me. And um, I think that's awesome. I think that's so helpful for a lot of the women and maybe some men are listening to typically you and I both have mostly female clients, but um, anyway, if any men are listening, hello, I'm glad you're here hello. <laughs> but, um, for any of the people that are listening right now that just are functioning out of this very masculine place that we're in, in our country of work hard, hustle, go yeah. further, go harder, dig deep um, to get a little bit. It's all about balance. And so balancing your yin and your yang, your fem- feminine and your masculine. So switching into some of that nurturance and slipping back into some of that, like taking care of your body, nurturing your body, slowing things down, trusting and resting and getting into a little bit more balance. And I love that because you're teaching us that it's very important to take a step back. It doesn't have to be ping ponging all over the gym. Um, curate a list of things of what do I need? Yes. Maybe this is a season of, I don't need to just quit and be burnt out, but like, how can I take a step back and recover? Recovery days are important. Recovery seasons are important. Um, and, yeah. and look at you, you're a walking, literally walking example. <laughs> you're yeah. walking every day. And I love that you're a walking example of this perfect balance and, and, As you do that, everything else in your life too, like your hormones are coming back into balance and, and your life, things are happening, things you were already doing great on certain things, but now even the money is coming into balance. Everything's coming into balance. And I just love that. Um, what about, okay. So those are kind of like your three things. Would you say, is there just one, or maybe if you could choose a few, what's like, Number one, easy step recommendation. Like what's a, a, a recommendation that one of our listeners could take in becoming more fit, but after what we just said, okay, maybe one to downregulate and one to take it up a notch, or is there one that encompasses both? Yeah. <laughs> is there one recommendation? I mean, honestly, walking has become my foundation in what I do and what I teach. Yeah. Um, Man, I ooh, I got chills. I can't even ooh, my god. I didn't realize. I know this means a lot to me, but just in this moment it feels so 
It gives me chills, Sammy. Right. <laughs> oh. oh. I think walking is one of those things that without realizing it's such a privilege. Yeah. Um, and we take it for granted because we do it all the time, right? right. When I walk, so the first time I really started walking consistently, um, one of the things my husband teaches in his business is about prayer walking. And um, he, I mean, just that time of being able to walk outside has so much potential for what we get to experience as human beings. Like I said, exercise showcases our relationship with execution and to set 45 minutes aside every day just to go walk outside in different temperatures, um, potentially on different paths in our neighborhood, um, the the endurance and the longevity that it brings up, that desire to have a set amount of time just for you, however you want it to look, with music, without music, fast, slow, backwards, whatever it is that you want to, however you want to stylize that time. I remember when I really got back into walking during incubation season, I did it every single day. And um, I remember realizing the grocery store isn't that far away. I was like, oh my God, I could actually start walking to the grocery store and get some groceries. And I I did that for a little while. Um, But where I live, I'm in Dallas, Texas. And where I live, it just feels so far away because we drive everywhere. But the way that you get to see your body being so willing to go the distance. And it's like you get to trust your legs to take you there. I mean, um, I remember, too, having this experience of walking when I went to New York a few years ago. And I remember seeing the Empire State Building so far away. But it looked so close that I was like, I'm going to go over there. And I just started walking towards it without direction, without intention, other than to just get there. And it took me probably 45 minutes or longer But I just ended up there and I was like, I walked here. Like, this is so silly, but I walked here. And New Yorkers aren't aren't surprised. (laughs) But for for me, not walking that much, it was a big deal. And what I've seen it do in my clients, their mindset, their, their pacing, the way they slow down, the way it allows them to be intentional, the way it just generally regulates the body. I see walking as the base foundation and every other desire, every other style of exercise that you could potentially want to do. If you have a strong foundation of walking, all of the rest of that gets to sit on top of that. It makes everything else so much easier. So there, there's something spiritually and emotional in walking but physically, it is such a great fat-burning, low-impact activity. It's something that I think we lose the ability to do over time. If I imagine, I love my mom, but if I imagine her walking to the Empire State Building, you know, we would have gotten a block or two, and she would have said, you know what, can we just take a taxi? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. As we get older and we stop using it, we do lose it. And so to keep that established in our routine is valuable. And what I've been able to do is transfer that walking into other things. Like when we travel now, I'm like, can we go hiking? Can I go see, you know, these different sceneries and this different landscapes and get more connected to nature and all? It just gives us so much ability, but it's the easiest kind of ability. Absolutely. Oh, I love that. 
And I love your husband's uh, prayer walking too. I, I think that that's powerful too. Just everything you said, the different temperatures and the different paths and the different, I mean, when you're traveling to go and walk, it's, it's accessible and you're right. We do take it for granted, but thank you for taking the time to remind us how powerful a walk can yes. be, how powerful consistent walking can be. I mean, it's just phenomenal. Um, well, thank you for that. That was, you're right. That was <laughs> Such a great foundation, and I'm, I, I agree with you 100%. Um, switching gears a little bit here from spiritual fitness and physical fitness, tell us about business fitness. You are oh. the CEO of Active Attractive. Please tell us, what is it like to run your own business and, and having that mindset of success, or, or does success just happen to the lucky ones? Oh. <laughs> I think Girl, you, tell us. <laughs> I think you could be lucky and find a way to mess it all up. Like, <laughs> I agree. Oh my gosh. If you think fitness is hard, entrepreneurship, my word. I was like, okay, I'm smart. I know things. I know what I got to do, but why is this so difficult? And turns out when, even if you are the best health coach, best painter, best artist, best pipe layer, whatever your business is, your skill is, in order to get that skill out there, you have to learn so much about sales and marketing and brand identity. And all of that comes from knowing yourself. That's what I had to realize. I was like, so I can't just stand in the middle of the room and say, hi, guys, if you need my help, I'm here and I'm available. Like, no. <laughs> and that was the hardest part about entrepreneurship. But what I realized was I was looking for those extrinsic motivators. I was trying to figure out how to keep myself motivated and in tune to what other people wanted. And like I said, when I went into incubation season, I was like, oh, no wonder I'm exhausted. No wonder it's not working. I have to go inside of myself and accept and define who I am. So that journey, that emotional journey, the spiritual journey, the I'm, I'm going to fight this wisdom, even though I get how it's true. Like I fought it for so long and it's just like, no, I'm the restful person. I'm really chill, really leaned back. And that might not be flashy and cool, but I'm stable. I'm, I'm consistent. I'm, I'm steady. And that I think a lot of people actually want that. And when I learned the value of my own identity, that's when the brand really started to settle for me first and then everyone else. Wow. That's amazing. And so inspiring. And, um, oh, I just love it. Thank you for saying that. That really hits home to me um, on a deep level to me today right now, too. So thank you. Thank you. That's just such an awesome explanation. Um, Well, I mean, I guess we're kind of getting close to wrapping up. Do you have anything else you'd like to share? Or, oh, oh, I know. Do you have a favorite, you know me, because, you know, I love quotes and I love inspiring like stories. Do you have a favorite quote or a favorite Mm. inspiring story? Mm, That's a good one. I'm like looking up at the ceiling, like it's going to have the answer up there. Um, Let me think, you know, okay. I hate that this is actually my favorite, but oh, I got chills though. So I (laughs) I have to say it Um, really the quote, be the change you want to see in the world. One thing I haven't talked about yet on this podcast is um, a new revelation that's passed through me um, 
called world building. This is, I, I have a, a leadership mastermind called world building. And this it consists of an entire setup of how to build your own internal world so that you can feel safe and then eventually spill your world out onto the world. Um, I think that a lot of health disorders and a lot of discomfort comes from the fact that we don't understand what we offer and the value of that. So we don't feel safe within ourselves and we end up manufacturing certain things, but it's not authentic and organic for us. And what I personally believe is that when, when people, if people actually tuned into who they are and what they offer, the healthiness of leadership and the healthiness of production and the healthiness of people putting their identity out onto the planet. I, I really think if we all did what we really wanted to do, the whole world would be such a healthy place. Yes. So I talk a lot about health in the body, but working with so many leaders, I've, I've had to t start talking about healthy leadership. It's more the identity piece. It's more the, the doing piece. Now, you, if you did in your body, now you have to do in the world. And to be that change that you want to see in the world is not an easy thing to take on because a leader is someone who goes in front of the pack. But how do you lead and do the big scary thing in a healthy way? That's the question. But to summarize all of what it takes, all you have to remember is that when you be the change that you want to see in the world and trust that what you see or what you want to see in the world is your divine perspective that's given to you to be responsible for, there's something very, very potent in that. And I think we would all have all of the desires in our heart. I think we would have the impact and influence that we want. I think we would be able to see the world around us change very rapidly if we all individually took ownership of what it is that we want to see and trust that when we put that out there, oh my God, the world would be such a healthier and happier place. So being the change that you want to see in the world speaks to me in so many ways. And if we were to all build our world onto this earth, man, it would just be a magnificent, magnificent place. I agree. Wow. That's phenomenal. Yeah. Deep and yeah. so true. <laughs> Profound, you know. Um, well, let's wrap it up unless there's anything else you'd like to share. I can't thank you enough. Anything <laughs> else you, you we left out? <laughs> no, I think because we got world building in there at the end, I'm like, we actually covered all of it. <laughs> we literally covered it all. <laughs> um, that's awesome. Well, okay. Before I close, um, you know, I'll put this in the show notes too, but how do people get in touch with you and how, if people wanted to join your active collective, active, attractive collective, how would they do that? Do you, are you active on Instagram? Do you respond to DMs? I mean, tell us all, tell, give us the scoop. Yes, absolutely. So I'm active on both Facebook and Instagram. Facebook, I'm Samantha Nicole, which I've noticed is pretty hard for people to find. Apparently, there's a lot of us out there. Um, and so I love to refer people to my private Facebook group. So I've got women inside of a Facebook group where we have conversations about emotional intelligence, leadership, fitness, nutrition, rest, all of the things, all of the moving parts that I see in, in creating a healthy feminine leader. And um, if you search for the active and attractive community, 
you'll be able to find me there. And then oh, we can okay. connect on Facebook through that. On Instagram, I'm active attractive. So there's no and in between. They're active attractive on all platforms. I love responding to DMs. I love having conversations with women because stewarding these thoughts and ideas are really powerful. And if you felt called to join the collective, which is the, the series of fitness programs that I put together where you can develop the body of your dreams, um, that is accessible through a link that I can send you once we once we have a conversation. So um, I've got many, many other programs out there. The list goes on and on, but none of it's on a website right now. I, I really like to keep my relationships personal at first. And um, so I do that through connecting with people on social media. Perfect. That's amazing. Well, you are a light girl. I love it. I love talking to you. I thank you so much. Thank you for your time today. Thank you for sharing with me and for our listeners. And um, you are just the best. I appreciate you. <laughs> I love you so much. I love you too, girl. Okay. Talk to you next time. Thank right. you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.